Let's begin our time focusing on God's word by first joining together in praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock. You are our redeemer. Amen. All right. So I don't understand. I don't get this. Can you help me make sure that I'm thinking this through in the right way? Tell me if this makes sense. This guide that God has given us, this way of life that God calls Christians to live, does not match up with the life that I've lived. All right, think about what a kid does when somebody steals a toy from them or pushes them down or calls them a name. Well, you rip that toy right back for yourself. You bounce up and you take them down. Whatever name that they called you, you give it right back to them. Equal level of name calling or or maybe you raise it up for you and you say one of those names that you know you're not really supposed to say. If somebody does something mean to you as a kid, you give it right back to them. You stand up to the bully. You take care of yourself. But I think you also know that it maybe shows even more as you get older that at work, at school, that it's okay to defend yourself. It's okay to stand up for yourself. In fact, gossip and slander flow freely about people that don't like you, right? They are an awful boss. They're a really bad team leader. They give you the worst assignments. They make you work the worst hours in life. So it's okay. You know the fight's coming. You recruit more people over to your side for when the fight's going to happen so that when it comes, you win. You make them look bad. You talk bad about them. Doing things like that for those kind of people, that feels just so right, so natural. And then, did you hear what God actually said? These words, gentleness and respect? I mean, have you met people? (laughs) No, this is a world where there is one side against the other side, and you shout your position so loudly so that the other side has to hear you, and that your loudness means that you're right, that you win. If you don't do that, the other side is going to steamroll you. And they're going to have absolutely no problem with that. So you build yourself up, you make yourself louder, and you win. I mean, if you want to live life in this world, you follow the golden rule, right? You do good to the people who do good to you, to the people who are nice to you. And you go hard against the people who are against you because if you don't, they're going to take advantage of you and life isn't going to go so well. Now, this sounds kind of harsh, but this, you know, right? This is the real world. This is the life that I've lived. These are the experiences that I've had. So help me understand this. What exactly is the point of suffering, of sacrificing for people that are going to do nothing good for you if there is a God. 
and this is what your God calls you to do, if this is the kind of life that your God calls you to live, help me understand, why should I not feel sorry for you? Because your life, honestly, it's not going to look that great. All right. Let's take a step back and let's think this through. You can imagine this part of God's word playing out, right, in a real-life situation like that, a real conversation like that. And I think, I think you can kind of understand where the skeptic is coming from. I think you can kind of get their perspective. I, can, I think you can get their mentality. Uh, what God says here through the Apostle Peter, let's face it, this is a challenge. So much so that I think it's worth it for us to go through this list of things another time and for you to think through what things you've lived, your life experience, where what we look at just does not make any sense. This is where, Paul, where Peter starts. Be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. What things do not look like the world that you know? I mean, unity, sympathy, compassion, love, humility, and then whatever the opposite of payback might be? <laughs> How much of that did you see this week? How much of that did you get to experience? I kind of bet you that this wasn't your experience either. Turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Instead, I know you live in a world that's been messed up with hate and evil and war you also live in a world of suffering, and maybe you saw it, suffering that is unearned, undeserved. People that are just in the wrong places, in the wrong times. People whose lives, when you actually get to know the details, kind of make you question what God's plan is. What is God doing with this person in their life? And then this is what Peter says, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you're blessed. Then, maybe the hardest for us as Christians, how do we respond to people who are skeptics who question? You do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, for it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. I mean, what makes sense about any of this? <laughs> Gentleness and respect for people who are not going to show you respect for what you think, for how you believe. Unjust suffering is good. You and I can understand where a skeptic is coming from if we look at God's word and we take God's word seriously. But here's the kicker in all this. Picture this conversation, a skeptic talking with the person who wrote this section of God's word. That was Peter. 
this outspoken leader of Jesus' 12 closest disciples. This guy who walked on the water, who trusted Jesus and boldly acted in faith. The guy who said to Jesus, even if it means I have to die with you, I'm ready to do that. And then the same guy, just a couple hours after that, who rejected him. The same man who stood nearby where Jesus was being condemned to die. And when people asked him, these were his words, Woman, I don't know him. Man, I am not one of them. I am not associated with this guy at all. I think you know Jesus, right? No. I don't even know what you're talking about. In the time when Jesus needed support and just somebody to be there with him the most, Peter denied him three times. If a skeptic is uh, having a hard time with this part of God's word at looking at a Christian life and how a Christian lives and what a Christian should do, how much harder if they actually know that Peter did the opposite of those things, that that's the kind of life that Peter lived. And then I think we think about ourselves, you and me, the lives that we live. What kind of impression did you give to the skeptic who was watching your life this week? When would they have seen what God calls a Christian's life to look like? When would they have thought that this guide, this life, that's a nice ideal, but I see somebody and I don't think I see this working out in the real world. Live life together for Jesus? That hasn't always been what our messed up world has seen from you and me either. But thank God, brothers and sisters in Christ, thank God that Peter is exactly the right kind of person for God to use to write these guides for us. Thank God, because he and what he does really can't answer a skeptic's why, but God can. God does. How does all of this work? This is where everything comes from in Peter's little section of guiding. This is what God says. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. You see, Jesus died for sinners, and when he rose that first Easter Sunday night, who did he go to be with? Sinners. He proved what his suffering did. He stood with people who misrepresented him. People who rejected him. People who ran away from him and denied him. And with one word, the first people he wanted to be with were those people. With one word, he told them exactly how they should feel, what their relationship with him was going to be. He said to them, peace. Peace be with you. Then for 40 days after that, Jesus associated with those same people and he kept giving them peace. He opened their minds so that they could understand 
that his suffering was the only way for God to bring people back together with him, for God to actually forgive people's sins. He gave them their mission, that they would be his representatives in this world to live the kind of life that Peter's calling people to live. The forgiveness that he freely and fully gives to sinners is the only answer to the skeptics. Why? It's Jesus and what Jesus has done. And this is mind-blowing for Peter, but maybe more personally for you and me. Because you and I are God's answer to people who can't understand this Christian way of life. You and I will live life together for Jesus because when people see what doesn't make sense, they're going to learn about God's unbelievable love for them. Yeah, this is the only way it works. Jesus brings you close to God. Jesus tells you what God thinks about you every time that you open up his word and you dig deeper into this thing. You, brothers and sisters, are at peace. You are forgiven. You are at one with God and with him together. For Christ also suffered for sins once, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you back together with God. You're not a bad representative. You're not against him. You're not opposed to him. You're with him. How? Because Jesus made you that way. And then knowing that your God, who loves you unconditionally, is always going to be there next to you, with you, because of Jesus and what Jesus has done, that makes you see life through this Jesus lens. Grace forms you and molds you, and shapes who you are and, and how you look at things. It opens your eyes to all these opportunities that God gives for you to help people see Jesus. It makes you and your life a reflection of his unbelievable love. It drives you to live life together for Jesus. And when you do that, this is going to stand out. Think about the impression that this is going to make when you live life together for Jesus. One more time, let's walk back together through God's word and think about what this might look like to a skeptic, to a world that does not understand. Life for Jesus means you work for unity and not just shallow, high, every once in a while kind of relationships, no deep real relationships, messy people working with messy people, deep unity that starts first in the forgiveness that God has given each and every one of us in knowing that we are part of God's family because God makes us part of his family. Unity that goes over interpersonal relationships and conflicts that we have with one another, that we have in our lives. Unity that shows itself in love and sympathy and compassion and action. Live life together for Jesus first by being united with each other. And then this support and unity is absolutely going to help you when you might be starting to do the toughest thing for Jesus. That is, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. How countercultural is that? How well, though, does that reflect God's grace for us? 
This is where skeptics come face to face with something that will never make sense. Forgiveness and care for people that aren't good to you, that might do the opposite for you, is exactly what living life for Jesus looks like. And when they see that, that's going to leave an impression. Life for Jesus is also going to open up opportunities for you to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It's what we're talking about in our Bible study after worship on Sunday mornings. You listen and you learn and you grow in real relationships with people all the while you live a life. It's just pointing them to Jesus. And then when the door opens, you take advantage. You share with them the good news of the hope that Jesus gives you. You share your identity as a forgiven and loved child of God. You tell them that God loves them like that too. Life together for Jesus shows itself in all of this and works through all of this and it will bring more people to him. So, as the skeptic, yeah, this doesn't make sense. This is not the way that the world works. This isn't the life that I've known and lived up to this point. This is different. You Christians, you see Jesus in everything and you live life for Jesus? This is how you answer. After knowing Jesus, after seeing Jesus and what he's done for me, yeah, I can't live life any other way. I live life for Jesus. Amen.